Can you hear my dad using a sink right now? No. Oh, cool, because I can. Perfect blooper, because usually it's my mom. <laughs> my mom's out today. I don't know if she's going to come home in the middle of the recording, though, because that usually happens. <laughs> how do I transition with all the other stuff now? I don't know how to say this, but, like, I was going to say I love old people. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me think. I want a dog. <laughs> that was so random. Welcome back to Candidly. We are excited to be back with another episode after our September launch. Today, we will be sharing our experiences on reflective self care, what that means to us, and how that looks like in our lives. I'm Rachel again, Kathy is here, but today we are also joined by a special guest, our friend Trista. Trista, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi everyone, thank you both for inviting me to your awesome podcast. My name is Trista and I'm a fourth year that TEDx student. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the term, um, that the dietetics profession improves and promotes health through food and nutrition. Aside from my major, I'm also doing a minor in psychology because I'm passionate about holistic well-being. In my free time, I really like to go on adventure hikes and I also climb trees whenever possible and regardless of what I'm wearing. Aside from that, I also really like to annoy my cat, especially when he's sleeping or like just trying to have his own space. So self-care is something that I regularly think about and implement in my everyday routine, but reflective self-care is a topic that Kathy shared with me. Would you be able to share with us what that means? I mean, I have no idea if this is the legit definition. It's just something I thought about um, where you're reflecting on the things that you do in your free time that allows you to wind down, relax, escape, and just de-stress. And usually I compare this to, you know, more commonly expressed mainstream forms of self-care, like meditation, taking baths, doing yoga. Like personally for my self-care and during the times when I, you know, feel the most relaxed, I'm not doing any of those mainstream things. Trista, like, what do you think about reflective self-care? So for me, this is actually my first time hearing about the term reflective self-care, but just reading from the words. Um, I feel like it means take a look at what you've been doing and see what works for you as in terms of brings you joy and also um, makes you feel that you're taking care of yourself. Rachel, can you do a quick Google of reflective self-care as a thing or did I just make up this term? Because I feel like I did. (laughs) I think it's fine. Like, it doesn't need to be widely cited across literature. It's fine. Wait, what, is, what does self-care mean then? Because reflective self-care, like in my mind of how I define it, could be the same as what self-care is. So a quick Google search, Psych Central tells me that self-care is any activity that we deliberately do in order to take care of our mental, emotional, and physical health. I feel like the piece that's missing though is like, we're deliberately doing it, but are we enjoying it? Because I feel like a lot of the time you have that mentality, like we were talking earlier, oh, we should go to the gym because we're taking care of our physical health. 
but like mm -hmm. do we enjoy that and I feel like that's where the reflective piece comes in right like reflecting on whether or not that brings you joy or are you just doing it just for physical health like what about the mental emotional aspects right right yeah I agree with you so with that in mind, self-care looks very different for everyone. Um, why don't we go around and share what we each do in our everyday lives? So Kathy? So I uh, am a real homebody. So I really like just doing um, quiet things like crocheting, um, painting. I also read and I watch a lot of YouTube. So it could be from like Minecraft Let's Plays too. Recently, I've been watching a bunch of videos on Japanese Olympic figure skaters, mm -hmm. like Hanyu Yuzuru, who is basically top in the world of men's figure skating and some other people. And I also do really like to watch anime and read manga a lot. Um, one genre I really enjoy is, it's called isekai, which basically means, uh, and Trista, you probably, I don't, have you ever read manga before? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Do you know isekai as a genre? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I think, I think you'll find this interesting. So basically, isekai is either you have died in the real world, or you have somehow transported to a new, another world. And basically, it's like, fantasy mythical you could be transferred to like historical periods you could be transitioned into like a world with magic and dragons and things like that and usually the character that gets transferred um, has like special powers or something and so you become like a key person in that world and so to me that I really like that genre because it's literally when I'm reading it I'm like not even in this world, if you know what I mean? Like it really allows me to escape, which is why I really like it. I find that really interesting because knowing Kathy, you're such a practical person. So it's interesting how your way of self-care is like fantasy, you know, with like that genre. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like the complete opposite. Just what I find like people do right like for self-care like because I have to be so organized and on top of it at, at work that when I'm not at work I'm like I don't want to think about any of that <laughs> I want to be like really out of this world <laughs> that's why I can't even watch like um the office or like friends because I'm like I don't want to just keep thinking about like other people's lives and how they live it I'm like you need to take me to another world that doesn't exist <laughs> I feel like I'm the same because I really like Studio Ghibli and like mm -hmm. all their movies are almost like a world of fantasy it's like cats return and like spirited away mm -hmm. it's like you're in a whole different world and it's just like so relaxing to watch them and imagine myself being there mm -hmm. yeah i love totoro my yes <laughs> but i do there are certain like animes that i really like that are are not so like fantasy like like I really like um Haikyuu which is a volleyball anime um and they also have like like I the sports animes are pretty cool because they're so unrealistic like it's as if you have like superpowers and the sounds are obviously very unrealistic um but it's way more interesting I find than like watching it in real life <laughs> interesting because that's like exactly the type of tv I like to watch so like I love Korean drama and the genre that I love is slice of life because I feel like 
I can relate to other people's everyday like normal lives a lot better than I can with fantasy and I find that is really comforting on its own. Trista did you did you watch uh Korean dramas like do you are you into that? I actually never got into that (laughs) for some random reason I don't know why. I mean it's not a bad thing because it kind of well not a waste of time but it's very time consuming. Yeah, yeah I think it like consumes you. I think I got out of K-dramas because it was too dramatic that like it wasn't like it was too unrealistic in terms of like the acting to me if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But then that's why I like Slice of Life. I think the mainstream the most popular Korean dramas are those really dramatic one that follow the same kind of plot line. There's like that mm-hmm. climax like episode 10 is right. when things go down <laughs> like, that kind of uh-huh. typical progression yeah. but then the slice of life dramas I feel like don't follow that and it's I feel like they get less attention because they're more like ordinary and not very not really exhilarating I guess it's kind of like ordinary uh-huh. everyday life kind of things right but that's kind of what I enjoy name some slice of life series okay for, okay hospital for... playlist yeah. so good um it's about the lives of five like doctors and they've been friends since like medical school and now they're in their like mid 40s I think and it's just about their everyday work life and like life life work life and personal life and how like it's about their friendship there's not that much romance or anything and it's very and is there scenes of like gushing blood and like this is the most difficult surgery ever and like this person can see 3d in people's bodies and so they can <laughs> do surgery extremely well that either. <laughs> like with medical drama there's a lot of that but then i wouldn't even consider this like a typical medical drama it's just like very day-to-day life um i really like that series and they're actually doing a second season which you don't really see with like a typical drama because after it's done it's done right um that's one of them mm-hmm. I really like the screenwriter for that drama and like I followed um another series called the reply series it's a little more dramatic it's meant for a teen audience so there's a lot of romance but it's like a three-part series so they had reply 1997 1994 and 1988 and I think it's really interesting because they talk about the different eras and like the different um pop culture of that era so for example for 19 what was it 1988 it was like olympics and then 1997 was about like um, first generation korean pop so that was kind of cool um and then it's kind of like mm-hmm. it follows their lives why am i just promoting korean drama now like i'm not not being sponsored but i would love <laughs> I just really like it i just really like it and i think it touches you in a different way when you're kind of just growing with these characters yeah and not having every moment be a dramatic moment i mean i was into like the medical genre of k-dramas for a certain period um but yeah i mean i wanted you to name some series because sometimes as you mentioned it might be less popular and so people might not know some of the slice of life drama since it's not really like dramatic and stuff like goblin or whatever i mean goblin is a good series but (laughs) because the ones I named they are slice of life but they're very popular like they did really well especially domestically and I think it's because like they're done very well right so I 
while I say that they're not like mainstream drama, they're still like up there. So making that clear. In terms of my self-care, I feel like this has really evolved. Um, I often tie it with like hobbies and things that I do um, that I genuinely enjoy. And as of late, I'm sure I've referenced this numerous times. I've been really into coffee making. Um, just a result of quarantine, just not wanting to go out all the time. I used to really enjoy going out to cafes with friends um, and going like cafe hopping. Um, but these days I've been just exploring making coffee at home. So earlier in the summer, I was doing a lot of drip coffee, which was fun. It was a lot of like experimental variables that I had to play with. But then I splurged on my espresso machine. I feel like I've said this pretty much every episode, but I love my espresso machine. It like is part of my daily routine and it really helps relax me. So first thing I do every morning, it's just really fun, like grinding your own beans, extracting your espresso, and then my attempt in latte art. Um, I feel like that's like built into my routine now and it really helps me set the pace for the rest of the day. And also like coffee, like it tastes good. And as you probably know, I also really love to travel. Obviously that's hard to do now, but when I was able to, I found that it was a really great way for me to explore the world. But because I also really enjoy uh, traveling alone, I feel like I get to learn a lot about myself and that's kind of a form of self-care for me. So music has always been a big part of my life, whether that's playing piano like every Asian child growing up or just listening to, again, K-pop, but also other genres of music as well. So I feel like self-care to me definitely encompasses um, music. How many years did you do piano? Oh dear. So I started playing piano, like banging on the piano when I was around three. And then I got lessons from when I was around five up until grade nine when I did my practical exams. Um, so that's more than a decade, I think. But then, like I said, like piano was just something that I did. And thinking back um, upon my musical education, if you say, um, I didn't really enjoy it. Like, I feel like I just did it because it was a thing I had to do. Um, never really looked forward, except maybe at the beginning. But other than that, I never really looked forward to going to lessons. Practicing was a pain. Um, I did a lot of like competitions and those were really nerve wracking. Recitals were not that fun. And so I didn't really love it. But then like recently, as in like last week, because I'm also watching a musical Korean drama, ooh, linkage there, started listening a lot more uh, classical music. And I feel like, whoa, like it touches me in a different way now that I don't have to do it just to achieve something, but I'm doing it because I can. And like, cause I have a piano that's very dusty right now, but. I'm able to play on it for fun and for enjoyment. And so I feel like now, like I can actually say that I enjoy playing piano for fun and I would consider it like a part of my self-care currently. I don't know how long I'm gonna keep up with this uh, piano practice phase for, but um, yeah, I think it's very enjoyable now. And I look forward to my practice every day. Like, whoa, mind blowing concept. It's to the point where my mom is like, you're practicing a bit too much. And that's something you never hear any Asian parents say, like when they're trying to force you to practice. Um, aside from classical music, I obviously really enjoy listening to other forms of music. Um, I think just throughout the day. And also I really love karaoke. I think it's huge stress relief, especially with friends, but that's hard to do now. 
But I find myself like every now and then in my room, just like, you know, karaoke with like a YouTube video with like the karaoke videos, you know, like the lyrics and stuff. It's really fun. Um, and there's also like all sorts of karaoke apps and I listen to my friends record themselves and sometimes I record myself and I just think it's really fun. I've never done Wait, like, karaoke um, before. at a karaoke bar? Yeah, I've never been to a karaoke bar and I've never oh, done it on like an app or whatever. But yeah, I've always wanted to go, but never really been able to, I feel like. When it opens up again, Rachel, invite <laughs> me. When um, <laughs> COVID is no longer a thing, that's the first thing on my bucket list. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting because um, I grew up, the majority of my childhood was in China. And I think it's a pretty regular, like a pretty popular leisure activity. So I grew up like visiting the karaoke bar like pretty often, I think. Well, not very often, but it's like an occasion, right? So it has been part of my growing up. And here it's not as popular, but I guess just with like my social circle, like we all really enjoy music. And so throughout high school, I always went to karaoke as like a social activity and it's really fun. I suck at singing though, but that's why you go to a karaoke bar because like it's so loud you can't really hear anyone. We're all just sitting together, so it doesn't matter if you suck. <laughs> and then there's also like, you know, everyone's like cheering and clapping, so it's all good. That's like so true, cause like I go all the time too when I was growing up, and I was like shy about singing, so I would just put like the original soundtracks really loud and like just sing really like <laughs> quietly with them. Um, but did you know, like, in Asia, they have karaoke booths. It's kind of like you put a few coins in and you can sing a song. And it's just, like, a separated little room, like a telephone booth. But then you just go in, grab a mic, sing, and you leave. That's, like, a thing. I think I've only seen those kind of types of things, like, from watching, like, K-pop group um, videos where they were doing that. It's like actual, they're in a booth. It's an actual like activity, a tiny booth. I think. Because they're kind of spread everywhere. At oh, least the places I've been to. I I need to go to Asia. There's so many things that I'm missing out. (laughs) It was like in my teenager years, it was seemed to be really cool if like you go to karaoke yourself. You're like, oh, like I know how to like (laughs) deal with myself. I'm like so cool. And it's like everyone tried to do that. Really? In their high school years. Yeah, I don't know. It's a trendy thing to do. Yeah, I'm independent. I can go to the karaoke bar and enjoy it yes. myself. Wait, I have another question. I'm related, but like, has anyone ever been to the movies alone? Like, at a cinema? No? I can't no. do that. I don't usually do anything alone, I think. Like, if I go outside, like, eating at a restaurant or whatever. Like, I don't think I usually do oh. any of those things. I alone. always eat alone. The experience of dining. Like, I feel like if I take out... I mean, I obviously take out a lot as well, but then it depends on the cuisine. But some food I feel like is better served like on a table than to take out, like for example, like soups and things. I do get some awkward stares, especially when it's meant to be more communal, like the style of cuisine. But what can I do if I'm traveling alone, right? I mean, I think there's like a stigma, right? That you shouldn't alone. So, I mean, I uh, respect that you do. Because it, it is true. It's an experience that I've never had to, like, sit down and, like, eat alone mm. at, like, a restaurant. I also think it depends on what you're eating, right? Because, um, for example, in Japan, there's, when you go to a ramen shop, they have, like, solo booths. And it's meant for people maybe, like, during their mm-hmm. work uh, lunch break. 
something to just go down eat mm -hmm. without feeling awkward because everyone beside you is also eating by themselves and they have that kind of privacy as well so it just it just depends on like the style of eating it's less common here i don't think i've seen any solo ramen booths here i that's why i appreciate about japan because they facilitate an environment where you just do it alone and i think cafes is like another place that you can visit by yourself i see a lot of people like bring in a book or just to study and i feel like that's socially acceptable to do, but also is very enjoyable. So I actually know a great place for eating alone, and it's in Vancouver. It's on 4th and near Maple. So the name of the restaurant is Gobble. They provide like comfort food, but like in a more healthified way. So you can like build your own bowl. And what I really like about it, it's like their setting is really wholesome. So you have like a either really big table, and sometimes you also have like smaller tables just like scattered around in the restaurant it's a pretty small restaurant um and it's just like the atmosphere was really great when i was there i saw like so many people um just like eating their lunch or eating their dinner by themselves and the food is really great it's just like one of the better restaurants that i've tried it's so pretty i'm looking at the menu right now oh my the god you found it. it that's so great yeah like their food is just like really good I'm kind of surprised because they don't have a really big storefront, but like all their, I don't know, like the presentation and the flavor pairing, like the texture is just like, I'm really happy about this place. It's future dietitian approved. <laughs> <laughs> For me, my self-care practices include obviously sniffing and annoying my cat, um, swimming and playing a game on my phone that's called Homescapes. And a lot of times I place past bad time. Um, something else is cooking and eating delicious food are also a really big part of my mental wellness. I also like re-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Modern Family, and Kim's Convenience. Some humor really helps me to like wind down after a really long day. I find it to be super relaxing to have a day or two designated to have wholesome nature trips with my friends. I love to mark my trip photos by doing yoga poses with a beautiful scene from nature. I have been a frequent gym visitor because of the pressure of social desirability, but I did not find it fun nor like the gym culture. I just felt there was so much societal pressure on going to the gym as a means of self-care. Instead, now I got into swimming and I go two or three times per week. I also started attending the deep aqua fitness class at the UBC Aquatic Center. It's super fun and effective cardio. And the best part is it's free for all UBC students. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I have never really gone to the gym. The only form of exercise that I've enjoyed is doing yoga, which is nice to know that you take photos as, uh, you know, a memory uh you do yoga poses when you uh go out so pretty much in my first second and third year of um university i was reading the hot yoga and there was just a studio that's really close by to where i live so i usually go there like especially in the winter time i go like every other day because for me it's like it felt so good to just like do hot yoga and then sweat a lot and then once you get out of the room it's like oh everything's like so refreshing 
I feel like just for this year, because of COVID, I don't feel comfortable going to like a hot yoga studio and like sweat with a bunch of like random mm-hmm. strangers. So I switched to swimming mm-hmm. and I'm actually like really loving it, especially the aqua fitness class, because like, to be honest, half of the participants are like seniors and it's like, they are mm-hmm. the cutest people ever. They like, uh, like they, I don't know how to describe them. It's like they bring you such joy and like positivity. Like they smile at you, they say hello, they do greetings. Like sometimes when they made a mistake, mm-hmm. they just like stick their tongue out. I was like, oh, that's such a relaxing and like fine environment. It's like so much better mm-hmm. than like the gym where like everyone's like comparing each other, their bodies and stuff. Like right. That. Yeah. Like you can make mistakes at the deep aqua fitness class and no one really cares like people just roll with it so like i used to volunteer a lot at the old folks home so like senior care homes and i loved it because i feel that seniors obviously they've lived a long life uh, before like the point where you meet them and interact with them and so they've been through our stages right but they're able to find joy in such like little things and like i feel like they're very in the moment in the present moment and that's something I really admire. So, like, when you mentioned about how, like, they stick their tongue out and, like, they make a mistake, I feel like that's so cute. But, like, it's very, very genuine. And I don't know. It just goes to show that life isn't that complicated. Like, it, it is. Obviously, there's challenges. But there are always ways to find joy in, like, the everyday little moments. They actually really encouraged me or, like, inspired me to be more authentic with myself. Like especially like in an exercise setting, because that's when a lot of people have like anxiety of how they're being like perceived by other people. For elderly, it just seems like they don't really care. And I feel like that's like a refreshing attitude, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's like, one judges you and like, they kind of just enjoy the activity. And there's kind of like no pressure for you to live up to these kind of non-existent expectations that we like put on yeah, ourselves you know? it just creates such a comforting and welcoming environment can you describe like what like what deep aqua fitness is um, what i do is like deep aqua fitness so pretty much you're on the deeper end of the swimming pool and it was like 4.5 meters so you pretty much have a belt on your around your waist and mm. you just like float sometimes you have like dumbbells sometimes you have a noodle and then you just like do a lot of different I don't know how to describe it because it's like <laughs> water specific, but like sometimes you do, okay, mm-hmm. I guess like you do like jumping jacks or like you do like spin and then sometimes you wave your noodles around, you do some like modified mm-hmm. versions of um, pull-ups and deadlifts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, it's also really good because it doesn't have um, damage on your joints compared to like other forms of cardio um you just i feel like Mm. people just like need some time to get comfortable with water and like knowing they're fine when they can't like have their feet Mm -hmm. on the ground i think it was really interesting how you brought up the whole idea of comparing yourself in like a gym environment and i definitely relate to that um i got into spinning about a year or two ago and while i really enjoy the exercise it's really difficult for me to fully enjoy it because I don't know if you guys have been to like group spin classes but everyone has like their data like hooked 
um, linked to their bikes and that shows up on a screen where everyone can see and it constantly oh, okay. kind of tracks your progress. Um, and there's different colors to indicate like whether you're too slow. And there's also a screen telling you like the place that you're in in comparison to the rest of the class. And because obviously not like a fitness <gasps> guru or anything, I'm not not very fit. I just did it because I enjoy like the exhilarating aspect of the exercise, but I found it pretty discouraging, especially because it's like um, an exercise that a lot of very fit people and like professional cyclists enjoy. Um, and just that kind of social comparison was the part that kind of turned me away from it. Just like imagine a screen, everyone else is green and you're just like the only red one. Like I definitely couldn't get past that. And so, yeah, just reminded me of that when you talked about like comparison, because that's like, I don't know, like a very visual way of comparing yourself and everyone kind of looks at you differently because I mean, this tiny Asian girl and they're all like fit with muscles, like they're all lean and things, you know, so. Oh my God, I have a rant. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of this. Yeah, please rant away. Okay, so like, uh, oh, I think in the past year I used to go to a, like a studio, not really a gym. So like their class format was you either do half class of cardio first or you do um, half class of weights first and like you switch in between. And the same thing is like they hook you up with like the monitor and stuff like that. So everyone can see your progress. And I would just like re work really hard because I wanted to be like the top person or like be on like the top three, whatever. And then there was one time like I actually injured my knees because oh. I was just like so focused on like, oh, I need to like, I don't know, like be better, like be the best in the group. And then another thing is also because everyone is pretty much trying to do that. There was only one group coach and they definitely don't put enough emphasis on like like the correct form also like like correct breathing and stuff like that so i could see a lot of other people who are like not as experienced in like doing with or like dealing with weights they've actually had incorrect forms and they weren't corrected so like they were just kept doing exercises with like kind of dangerous forms and I was so concerned about like them get injured because when people get more tired like obviously they're gonna like their body's gonna deform a little bit more and those like micro damages I feel it really it just builds on in the long term and it just concerns me as like a gym facility like they don't help people on that mm. was that class promoted as like a beginner friendly class though they're selling it as a lifestyle stuff like that and be like oh always like strive for the best and like but they they do like sell it as like everyone can do it and i just feel like that's really dangerous because you say that and you don't provide in like enough assistance mm -hmm. yeah i that i think that's why i always like turn to yoga because i've never experienced that because I've never really even like gone to a gym even for like a short period of time like I would just like it doesn't feel like comfortable so knowing like both of your experiences that's so to me like damaging right because you already are in the motions of like comparing yourself you're not really even thinking about your health in a sense which is what you should be focused on is that you're you're doing this exercise for you and like 
because you like care about yourself and here you are like comparing yourself thinking that you know like I'm not good as this person that's beside me um so I mentioned like spinning and I think that's a lot more performance based and I respect that a lot of people are trying to reach like their fitness goal but another kind of group class that I've really enjoyed and have stuck with is like group Pilates class and I feel like that provides um, a lot more modification and a lot more because it's a smaller class I feel like um, the instructor is able to go around and make sure that everyone has the correct form and also provide more like adjustments for them Um, and that kind of environment I feel like is a lot more encouraging and allows me to just do what I can because there are those like alternative movements that you can do and you're not just like you don't have like a screen comparing you to everyone else's progress so I feel like that I I enjoy that a lot more. Yeah, I think that's the reason, like, those qualities are the reason why I feel like I think yoga is the best fit for me. Because, like, one of the things, because I only started doing yoga in first year when I came to UBC. I never did yoga before that. And so what I thought about was that it was just such a non-judgmental space and that they create this, like, environment where it's really about you, for you, and for what you need. Um, at that moment and if you want to challenge yourself you can and if you don't that's totally okay too like and this experience is just from the UBC yoga club because I've been involved with them for so long but you could literally like sit in shavasana like laying on your back on your mat the whole class if that's what you need and that's like okay because the instructors are just going through suggestions and that you don't need to do anything that you don't want to do in that class and so it's it's really, I think, like both of your experiences is really good to hear um, because you just showed through your ver- various experiences of different forms of activities and exercise that you found one that worked for you after, you know, some trial and error. Totally. I just want to add, like, it's really great how some classes or like some fitness classes are focused on enjoyment like instead of focus on performance because for us it's like Mm -hmm. working out Mm -hmm. should be recreational and like everyone shouldn't be just like competing Mm -hmm. each other I agree with you and I think that there you can have like positive ways of competing like if you do like community soccer games because you're in like a community team so I think there are ways to like if you are competitive to do that but at the end of the day it's still just to enjoy yourself and have fun while getting like exercise is kind of just the result of you doing something mm-hmm. that you enjoy and like you know everyone is on a different stage of their journey mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah and I don't want to forget um I really enjoy dyeing my hair like I will I invest like hundreds of dollars into my hair even though for other people that's not worth it but for me uh like I really enjoy it would you like to share with us the latest update on your hair color so I had a really like deep like pinky purple color that I got in the beginning of June and that lasted for a really long time and then recently I've dyed it more of a reddish pinky color um, and it's the first time I've I've got done either of those colors um, and so I I really like it it's really vibrant and I like that it also it also stays dark um, for long periods of time because usually if you have colors that aren't permanent and that's usually what you know if you see green blues purples and pinks and stuff they're not permanent um usually they last like six to eight weeks but this color lasts like months 
um, which is actually quite like economically viable as well <laughs> and sustainable. Trista, have you ever dyed your hair or had any interest? I know like Rachel has done it a little bit, but. I actually like dyeing my hair too. Like not as frequently mm-hmm. because I'm just concerned mm-hmm. about the um, hair damage. We like dyeing my hair myself, like at home. I just feel like it's pretty like therapeutic in some way. Just being like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'll take a night for myself and then I'll start working on my hair and then listening to some like music and then I'll like be a whole different person or like my hair will be looking so different. Mm -hmm. So the next section that we wanted to talk about is how we implement self-care. I don't know. I used to think like, oh, self-care is like I take a day out of the week to like wind down and relax. And sometimes I don't even get to that point of doing that until I'm almost burnt out. But that's not the point of self-care, right? You're not just caring for yourself when you're at your lowest. You should always implement that into like your everyday routine. So I feel like that kind of shift in mindset was pretty recent and I'm definitely still learning a lot. So for example, with like walking Korean dramas, I used to kind of rely on, you know, school breaks to completely set aside a week to just watch Korean dramas or like watch reality shows but now I feel like I really value balance so like I'm able to kind of finish my schoolwork and like other extracurricular things kind of before dinner time and all the time I have in the evening is for myself whether that's practicing piano or chatting and uh, catching up with friends or watching shows and things so I feel like I'm able to do that on a more regular basis obviously if it's midterm season which is like soon I'm not going to be able to do that every day but just having that as part of like my everyday life instead of like a special occasion if you know what I mean because I think when you feel like you know you've finished your homework or whatever that you need to do for the day you might think like what are you going to do in your free time if you're not doing I don't know, productive things. Like if you're watching TV, then people might be like, oh, I'm not being productive. Like I should use my time better, like free time to, I don't know, like learn a new skill or whatever. I don't know if you both have experienced that. Now it's better, but like before, whenever I was like watching TV or like playing games, I'd be like, oh my God, I should be doing something else. Like, this is not productive. I could use this time to do more things because I ha- I know I have more things to do. Yeah, I agree. I feel like mm-hmm. society as a whole kind of praises the whole hustle mindset. Like, if you have even 30 minutes of a break, you should fill it up with something productive. And I feel like that can definitely be kind of mm-hmm. toxic if you don't even allow yourself to have like a 30 minute break to do nothing, right? Like, sometimes I sit in my room and just, do nothing and I think that's fine um I used to also feel like I need to fill in because I'm like a huge calendar person right I used to think I need to fill in every single minute of the day to be productive but then that's I don't think you're more productive if you don't Mm -hmm. have breaks in between you're not functioning at your like highest efficiency right and so perhaps you're doing everything like you're Mm -hmm. perhaps you're Perhaps you're working on something like every minute of the day, but is that work um, productive? Like rather I would kind of put the emphasis on being productive for a certain amount of time and then taking the break, you know? 
Yeah, no, I feel like totally agree with you. I, like from my experience of how I implement self-care, I just, I always do it. Like whenever I have free time and I've, I've done everything that I need to do, I'm like, cool. Now I can spend the whole <laughs> afternoon like binge watching this anime till like I go to sleep or something like that. And I think like the reason why I've been able to be committed to doing all these, you know, these things and seem like I'm just wasting my free time um, versus doing other productive things is for me, I always feel like, well like as you said Rachel you need proper breaks and so like a form of self-care and looking um at your you know holistic well-being in a sense like is that you need to do things that are just not work related because like otherwise I think you're gonna get like kind of unless you really love work and like love homework and like love like you're not gonna really be enjoying yourself at all and like it's the same reason why some people like I think there's this notion of you need to constantly be working you need to work hard and you need to work long hours um you know compared to someone who like leaves work at like after eight hours like you know on the dot um there's this perception that you'll be more successful with like more hours of hard work and, and doing all, all like just putting in more time but more time doesn't necessarily mean like you're actually doing it efficiently right so the person who leaves work at you know after eight hours on the clock um can actually have been more efficient than you for myself if I try to for example stay up late to study I can't really concentrate well anyway so why force myself to do that right yeah because you can get the eight hours of sleep like wake up earlier and then yeah, do exactly. a more concentrated review the next day I, I felt like for me I had to have discipline and create an environment for myself where um I could facilitate success because I have basically set myself up for success in a way yeah I think that's really important because we can't always like operate on the highest level we have to like come down and then we have the energy to go back up mm -hmm. For me, self-care is a mm -hmm. mindset of I should be the number one person to love and pamper myself. So I always so I always remind myself to treat myself. Also, just like what you guys have mentioned, a lot of self-care things um, I do feel like things I enjoy doing on a routine basis instead of, like a, instead of a designated self-care practice. Um, for example, I think it's super funny mm -hmm. to like bother my cat when he's sleeping and see what he will do. I will like start pulling and massaging his paws, and sometimes he accepts my massage and purrs, but more often he just tries to like play bite me or like move away and go sleep under the bed so I can't reach him. Like this is such a tiny part of my life. But at the same time it's it brings me like so much mm -hmm. joy. Maybe not like as much to him but like <laughs> it's such a great self-care practice that I have <laughs> and I don't feel like it's self-care I just feel like this is something I really love doing mm -hmm. yeah so I feel like from what we've all talked about like self-care is just really like doing things that you enjoy at the end of the day versus like really almost like almost as if you're categorizing like what is acceptable as self-care and what isn't like I need to be doing yoga that's self-care I need to be taking a bath with the bath bomb that's self-care whereas like all of our activities might not actually fall under the mainstream of self-care it's just doing things that we enjoy and that make us feel happy and that like relaxes us 
yeah, and self-care is something that brings you joy and things that you find genuinely enjoyable. Um, and with that said, it's something that we can consider integrating every day and not just when we think we need it. Um, it should be something part of our schedule, like schedule it in if you need, um, but also something that we can commit ourselves to. Self-care shouldn't feel like a chore or something to check off the list. It should be things that you really enjoy yourself doing. With Rachel's point about integrating self-care every day, um, what I was thinking about is that if you integrate self-care every day, I feel like there's a possibility that you, there's less likelihood that you would burn out. So have you guys ever had that experience? So for me specifically, because I've been integrating self-care like my whole life, basically, um, I don't think I've ever, like, I've never actually burnt out before. And I feel like one of the reasons why is because I would always engage in self-care every day. Yeah, totally. I agree with you. Um, because when I have a lot of things on my plate and when I try to just keep working and get everything done, what happens usually I have a pretty significant burnout and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And then I was just like, I don't know, like take, I have to, because I was burning out. I was like, I have to take the night off. And then what happens is like the second day I would feel better. Um, but like in the long term, I don't feel it's a positive or like healthy <laughs> cycle. So what I've been trying to do is mm -hmm. whenever I feel tired or burnout, I would go for a swim. I would do some cooking, go eat some delicious food, and then I'll come back. Um, at the same time, I'll tell myself, well, it's not, I'm not doing anything. It's I'm doing something else so I can have more energy to put more focus on the things that I, that I need to do. I think it's really admirable, Kathy, that you never really experienced burnt out. I wish I could say the same for myself, but there has been experiences where I've gotten like physically ill from stress and like working too hard and whatnot that I have to like take days off because like my body is physically telling me like you need to stop and like leap like so I've, I've had those like low points in my life um not that I'm proud of it but it's something that I've learned mm -hmm. from um and part of like the major push to the shift in mindset that it should be something I integrate every day um to keep like my maximum to keep like my optimal functioning and productivity and whatnot um, I think it's really interesting that Trista talked about energy and I think, yeah, just like making sure that your energy levels, I'm kind of envisioning like equilibrium, like, because <laughs> once you exert energy, you should restore that energy, right? And so self-care is something that you can do to restore your energy so that mm -hmm. you can do the next thing that requires you to exert energy. I don't know. I just think it's kind of interesting when you think about it that way. I definitely agree. I think that like for me anyway, doing all this laying in my bed and reading and watching videos and stuff, like I store energy that way of like not exerting energy, but for other people, it might be like going out and doing something and socializing or whatever. Um, and that's a way that they can, you know, mm -hmm. I guess like maybe in their mind, they gain energy from people. You know, you can restore your energy in different ways. It's the same with self-care. Um, and especially even during COVID, like, all of us have been doing different things um, for self-care because of COVID. Um, and so there isn't really like a predefined way on 
what self-care is and what counts as self-care. Self-care is really just doing what makes you feel happy. Lastly, we just want to remind you that we should always be the one to take care of ourselves because we're with ourselves the longest time. We're the closest person to ourselves. And let's not wait on anyone else to treat ourselves well because we can start anytime, any day. And today, it's such a great time to start.